0: Yeah, I have a message that says your internet connection is unstable. Mine. No, mine. It says yours is in telling oh. me it's like, <laughs> hey man, your inter- your an- your internet connection's bad. <laughs>
1: and adam here we were uh before we started our adam and i were just talking about how we are probably going to change the name of our podcast (laughs) yeah because um the uh i googled the evangelization journal and it turns out that uh bishop robert Barron has an a magazine that's called the evangelization and culture journal so it seems it's a little too close
0: and if uh anybody out there has any good names, shoot us a text.
1: Yep, that's true. Uh, I am all I'm all game for it. So <laughs> Me too. <laughs> Adam, how was your Christmas and stuff?
0: Um Christmas and stuff, pretty solid. Uh I would say atypical. Um, just based on Really. The, okay. Based... That's fair. With COVID. With COVID, but... exactly. Yeah. Parties are not per as per
1: twenty twenty.
0: Exactly. Parties are not as vibrant. Um, but at the same time. There was definitely still joy. I'm glad I had the chance, to, the opportunity to go to mass. I went on Christmas Eve. Uh, it was is is very nice. beautiful. Not as that's cool. Yeah, not as an elaborate of a mass as typically occurs on Christmas Eve. Um, but it was still it was yeah. so awesome. Um, but yeah, it's just been this week between Christmas Day and New Year's Day. Uh. My family usually just kind of hangs out. My parents both took off work. So it's a lot of just relaxing um, with my family. And it's just like one of my favorite times of the year, to be honest. Very relaxing, very joyful.
1: Yeah. Yeah. Wait, so Adam, so (laughs) what does your mom, your mom and dad both work?
0: Yeah. So my parents are both social workers. Um, They actually met. Yeah, they met at work 20 something odd years ago. Um, oh, wild. <laughs> yeah. It's crazy because they met at this the Allen County Board of Developmental Disabilities, uh, and then uh. they got married. And then my mom changed jobs. But then my mom, like three or four years ago, ended up at the same place again. So my mom and dad are working there again. Um, yeah, but my dad's a case manager, and my mom works with children ages like infancy to like age three who are deaf. I forget her exact title. Oh wow! But yeah, she helps hook people up to services and does intervention. She's an early intervention specialist. That's
1: that's the one. Wow, um, that's really cool. Yeah. So is that is is that why you took ASL in college?
0: Not. Well, one of the exactly. reasons, maybe. Well, <laughs> really? I, had a bit of, <laughs> I had a little bit of background, but I just had bad experiences with language in high school, and I wanted something that was a little more. Uh, Hands on you yeah, could say. <laughs>
1: yeah. No, yeah, that's good, <laughs> yeah ah, so. oh, interesting, interesting, yeah, okay, <laughs> that's so funny
0: how about uh how about your Christmas, my friend?
1: Yeah, it was good, Kind of busy, yeah,, uh, just driving around a lot, visiting lots of people, so yeah, Christmas Eve with my my parents, and we ex- we had a little gift exchange, so that was really fun. Um, I got some beard ornaments. I ought to to show them to you, Adam, later. That sounds sweet. um, Yeah. And they even light up and blink. So that was pretty gnarly. (laughs) That is. So that was pretty funny. What else did I get? And then probably one of the biggest things I really enjoyed is so it hasn't come yet, but Maya got me a, a smoking pipe. But it's like one of those really long ones that like they smoke in like Lord of the Rings, you know. That's cool. So it's probably like it's probably like two feet long, something like that. And it's supposed to be hand carved. So. No way. So that'll be cool. Yeah. By the dwarves in <clears throat> <and> the elves. <laughs> By the dwarves themselves. Yeah, that's sick, though. <laughs> I, I yeah, I think it'll be. I think it's cool. So I, I don't think elves were much into smoking. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, elves are not smokers. My bad. Yeah, no, that's fair. That's fair. Dwarves though, dwarves <laughs> smoke. Yeah, yeah, dwarves. Yeah, dwarves will smoke. Hobbits are really big into it. Hobbit big time. Um, yeah, and but oddly enough, Gandalf also smokes. That's true. So, but it was yeah. So that was pretty nice. And then some fun gifts that I got to give. Um, got Maya a cuckoo clock. So that's Oh, that's sweet. Um, yeah, yeah. She said she wanted something to put on the walls because we don't have a lot of things to put on the walls yeah. right now. So. so I was like, oh, that could be cool.
0: What what kind of – does, like, a bird pop out?
1: Yep. Yeah, I I specifically looked for one that had a bird pop out. That's so, iconic. And make the cuckoo. Yeah, I know. So it's supposed to be, like – they said it was, like, German hand-carved and stuff like that. Right on. But I don't know, like, how – because I, like, see the same model, like, almost everywhere yeah <laughs> like i look online <laughs> like there's there's they're on amazon they're on like this website they're over here so i'm sort of like i don't know if like it seems i don't know i'm a little skeptical the, the germans are carved. spending
0: a lot of time
1: hand carving stuff over there <laughs> yeah exactly it's like yeah. wow and they are they all look the same <laughs> yeah <laughs> so i don't know yeah do you have any What what do we call this content (laughs) i don't know yeah content or how have you seen the work of evangelization evangelization in your life yeah i i I think that's the big thing okay because that because part of that is like the like the the work in your soul right yeah that's actually part of the work right that he does yeah um but yeah
0: yeah i was just thinking about uh I think I might've mentioned this last time, but St. Teresa of Avila and she, she wrote in one of her uh, books, I think it was in the seven castles that um, God has created like every, everything and every creature. So because of that, every piece of his creation like holds a secret of him within it. Um, Mm. So I was just kind of thinking about that and like asking, the Lord to just kind of open my eyes to um, see him more clearly in my life around me Uh, because I'm just really convicted that like there's so much around us that we just aren't aware of. Um, And there's just so much, so many secrets of God just around us all the time. Um, And one uh, part of my life that I saw this is uh, for all anybody listening who doesn't, does not know I'm a distance runner. So I run a lot And I was running and I was kind of like, why am I doing this? Like, what's the purpose of this? And there's a lot of things um, that running helps me with. Um, But I was just on this long run about a week ago on a Saturday morning. And it was just one of those runs where I was just running and running and like didn't feel like I was getting tired at all. It was just like a really rare instance. And I'd been running for like over an hour straight and I just like felt... It just felt effortless. And I was like, this is like a physical experience uh, of what freedom is like. Like, I'm just Mm -hmm. willing this to be done and it's just happening. And I just felt so free um, in that moment. Like, I haven't really felt ever before. Um, And I think the Lord just let me feel this, like, physical experience of freedom. um, And it translated into my spiritual life because I was praying I was actually at home one night. I was getting ready for bed, and I started praying. Um, And I just felt, like, so free spiritually, too. We kind of talked about freedom as having the ability to choose what you ought to do. Um, And I just, like, felt this, like, interior freedom, like, I haven't felt before. I was just, like, I can choose what's right, and I can choose what I ought to do. Um, And, like, Jesus, I can choose you. Uh, It was... Yeah, it's kind of it's kind of vague, but it was just like a sensation a feeling um, that I haven't experienced, and that has kind of just allowed me to be more open and honest with Jesus in prayer, uh, like I haven't been before. Um, mm. Yeah, I we were at a retreat over at Deer Creek Lodge. When was that? Like two months ago? Probably. Yeah, yeah. and I remember one of the speakers. I think his name was Joe. He was talking and he said uh, we should like just be extremely brutally honest in prayer. Like if we choose to play around on our phones instead of go to prayer, we should go to prayer and say, Jesus, I love my phone more than I love you. And like that's a really brutal thing to say. But like Jesus can work with that. And if we're like honest with him, um, yeah. he can work with that. So my prayers just been a lot more honest. And I've been saying things that like I'm afraid to say almost but I'm speaking them in boldness because I know Jesus can heal them. You know? Yeah. Yeah. So that's kind of been what's going on uh, recently. What do you think about that?
1: Yeah, it's interesting. How do you think you see freedom as a part of, yeah, like the Lord preparing you for the life of mission and evangelization? Yeah. Have you ever thought about that much? Or...
0: Yeah, for sure. Um, I've sometimes been in like a trap where I feel like mission or evangelization is like a job and Mm -hmm. like, there's a lack of freedom in that because I will like step into it and do it because I like, I know I should do this. Um, but it just leaves me with feelings of, I don't know, like, uh, just, just, there's something not fluid, um, in my internal life. Um, but when I have like that freedom to choose, like, and it doesn't feel forced, um, like there's more room for the Lord to work and it's just not me like white knuckling it, like being in fluid with my work, but like the Holy Spirit can move more freely through us when we can choose, um, yeah, what we ought to. Yeah.
1: Yeah. That's really funny you say that because... That's ex- that. That's something very similar. What I had to like share about. Yeah. Um, so yeah, Christmas Day we in the evening we went to my parents' house and we zoomed for like a total of like three hours. So wow. <laughs> with different relatives. Wow. <laughs> so it was pretty. It was pretty crazy. Yeah. Um, <laughs> but um, it was. I mean, I I think part of it was really good because we don't really see my mom's brothers very much uh just cuz one lives in Japan and the other one lives in Minnesota wow. so um so very far away i yeah. haven't seen them in a long time yeah so it was really good to see them and i hadn't really talked to him in a long time but w- one interesting thing that happened was so we were just kind of chatting in the beginning and stuff and my uncle asked we were talking about my wedding in whenever that was um May yeah May yeah, yeah. Why, did I, why could I not remember my own mind? <laughs> <Yeah. laughs> um, um, but yeah, we were talking about that and they're like, wow, so yeah, you got married in the in quarantine and all that stuff. and my uncle asked me he's like, did you guys ever think about um, like postponing it? And I think I had I can't remember what I was thinking, but Maya just like pretty immediately was said, no, not really, just we were really excited for the sacrament of marriage and for the, the the graces that we knew were part of it and yeah it was and th- that was definitely something that was that we had talked about and thought about and that we were excited for yeah i mean it was probably the biggest reason why we didn't postpone it you know because it you know i mean to us it wasn't about the party and all the other people although like in some ways it is about like the people because there's like people like we want to thank the people who have helped us to this point yeah you know we're able to actually give ourselves fully you know people who have shown us what true love is you know and so but for whatever reason i don't think i was about i was was going to share that when they asked me that question so i'm really glad maya did kudos to her (laughs) because i think it's awesome (laughs) because it's awesome that she kind of we but more more really she was like able to witness to like what our faith how our faith affects everything, you know, how our faith informs our perspective on things like our our own marriage and our wedding, as well as like all these other parts of our lives, you know. Yeah. It, and that I think that rings a lot with something I've been reading recently in Soul of the Apostolate. And so Father Jean Baptiste, he says well one of the sections he says, he says, he said, good works should be nothing but an overflow from the inner life, and I, I think this is what brings me back to what you were talking about, Adam. Yeah. About being, yeah. About like finding freedom. Uh, l- let me read some of what he has, says. Yeah, please. Because I think it's really beautiful. Let me try to find a good section. By the sacraments, especially by the Eucharist, Jesus Christ comes down to enrich us with His grace. He pours it out upon us without measure, for He also is a limitless ocean whose fullness overflows upon us without ever being exhausted. This is quote from Gospel of John. Of his fullness, we have all received. He says, Let this Spirit then give life to all the manifestations of our zeal. But, though poured out unceasingly for the benefit of our neighbors, let it be renewed likewise without ceasing by the means which Jesus offers us for this purpose. Our interior life ought to be the stem, filled with vigorous sap, of which our works are the flowers. And so i the kind of the point he's talking about is that like the inner life and like our life of prayer and our relationship with Jesus is actually more important than than like the works you know of of our life yeah. or kind of the the exterior life, not to say that like those things don't matter right not I don't think he's saying like we should all just be like hermits, right <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but he's saying that like I don't know like the it's empty. Right. And I, and I think that's kind of the you your experience running reminds me of that where it's like when you're running and you have no more energy or, you know, you just feel pooped and and you have like nothing really left to give and you it's just it's, it's it seems fruitless, you know. Um, Yeah, But there's actually this experience of freedom, which is like, yeah, what he's talking about is like this, this ocean that overflows, but then unceasingly is filled up again, you know? And so that needs to be our, our mode of operating when we're evangelizing with people. For Maya and me, we like, we wouldn't be able to share that. We wouldn't be able to witness that to our, to, to my uncles, unless that had been a part of our prayer and a part of our discernment and a part of our, our life. And we talked about yeah. this last time that like witness and testimony is the spirit of prophecy right yeah our our testimony to how we view our marriage and our wedding speaks God's word and speaks his his message that his plan for marriage for for wedding planning right is is like so good and so valuable and is and is rich, right, yeah. So later, like in the next section, John Baptiste is talking about uh, Adam is gone. And we're back. Uh, That was really weird. Sorry to lose (laughs) you, Adam. I hope you're... I'm glad to hear your voice again. I'm glad to hear your voice again as well. (laughs) But let's jump back into it. Um, So, yeah. So I was talking about Um, This book the soul of the apostolate in, in the book, he kind of talks about what he kind of calls the heresy of good works. Even in the 1800s, apparently this was the attitude and this was in the heart of the hearts of, of people. So he says, heresy of good works is feverish activity, taking the place of God, grace ignored human pride, trying to thrust Jesus from his throne, supernatural life, the power of prayer, the economy of our redemption relegated at least in practice to the realm of pure theory in this age of naturalism men judge above all by appearances and act as though success were primarily a matter of skillful organization and that's not at all what had struck me as we were as Maya was sharing about yeah like our marriage preparation um because i think he sort of sees two ways of like evangelization or in theory there's two ways of thinking about it first is like we are, we organize events and we're going and meeting people and we're, you know, planning all this sort of things. We have hundreds or thousands of people, you know, attend our events and that's great and that's awesome. But there's something missing to just that or just using that as the, what do you call it, as the ruler of which we like judge it or how good of an evangelistic event, you know if we if we studied up our apologetics that that makes us a good evangelist or if we've if we're like a really good people person and we meet all sorts of people and we're really popular then like that's like if only i was that way then i'd be a good evangelist and that's just not true and what he says here i think is really striking he says he gives this story about visiting um these two other priests who are doing this kind of young adult ministry but that's literally what it is but he says Having visited the Catholic clubs of Paris and a few other cities, the work going on at Val-de-Bois and so on, we went to Marseille to study the work done for Catholic youth by the saintly Father Allemand and the venerable Canon Timon David. We rejoice to recall the emotions in our hearts as a young priest on hearing the latter speak as follows. And this is what he says. He says, bands, theatricals, lantern lectures, movies. I do not condemn all that. When I started out, I too thought no one could do without them. And yet they are nothing but crutches to be used when there's no alternative left. However, the further I advance, the more my end and my means become supernatural because I see more and more clearly that every work built upon a merely human foundation is bound to collapse and that only the work that aims at bringing men closer to God by the interior life is blessed by providence for you can be sure that the extent to which you yourself are able to live on the love of our Lord will be the exact measure of your ability to stir it up in other people. Yeah. And so there's, there's the one way where we're so busy and we maybe have, we don't have much time to pray because we're so busy meeting with other people and we're yeah, out and about doing all sorts of evangelistic things, but the fact is none of that is actually effective none of that actually works none of it actually brings people to god unless it comes out of this rich interior life that we've developed and that that is being sustained by by christ by jesus by our fervent prayer life with him and i think that's what's that's what struck me the most is that there's a way in which our interior life becomes so rich that it overflows and makes itself known to other people. Like I think that's much more of an invitation than uh, well, I don't know. I mean, like all those things are good, right? Yeah. Are you still there, Adam? Okay, good. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You're... I'm just I'm just yeah. loving hearing this. this no, is speaking <laughs> to you right now. Yeah. Getting out there, you know, and inviting people to events, all that is necessary, good and fruitful. Yeah, but sometimes we start there, and I don't know if that's where to start. You know what I mean? Yeah, I think it needs to start with the encounter in our souls, sustaining ourselves on on Jesus. What would you say, Zachary, to someone
0: who like is stuck in the so-called heresy of good works, where they don't um, necessarily see uh, that as the place to start, or they think like, yeah? What would you say to someone like that?
1: Yeah, so you're saying that like this person is, is maybe like, I want to be evangelistic. So I need to start act- yeah. do a, doing all this active stuff. Um, yeah, exactly. Yeah. Um, I think, I, I guess I would say like, I, I, I think two things. I think one is your ability as an evangelist, your ability as like, yeah, as, as a minister is actually, or is it pro- proportionate to your interior life. Jesus says, you know, John, I think it's John 15. You can do nothing without me. It's just too easy to get caught up in all the hubbub and all the results. And, you know, all the, all the, the store, uh, yeah. All, all that kind of stuff. The The greatest thing we can do for ourselves and for other people is actually to like root ourselves more deeply in our interior <laughs> life and in our, prayer life and our relationship with jesus so that's one is that like the interior life is hard work (laughs) you know like sitting sitting with in like the chapel for even sometimes like half an hour your mind starts to wander but then you you see you kind of snap back into it and then starts wandering again and so like it's not easy and like in fact sometimes the work of going out and meeting with other people and organizing all your events is actually easy, is easier than um, doing the hard work of, you know, sitting and listening to God and yeah, and of rooting yourself in him more deeply. But that doesn't mean that it's still not imperative and still not vital. It's hard work. And so don't shy away from it, you know, and that your ability to be an evangelist is proportionate to that. Um, at least like a true evangelist, because the thing is, cause I, I think, and this, this might've been my yeah. second point. I honestly can't remember <laughs> is that <laughs> is, what are you actually achieving in people when you do that? Right. And I, and I think this is sometimes what I see the most is that when we're out there planning stuff, you know, yeah. and like, especially now there's sort of this like pop Catholicism, you know, and so <laughs> where there's like, you know, you follow all the Catholic Instagram pages, you know, and you, uh. <laughs> I don't know. Listen to all the the Catholic people you watch every, uh, you know, YouTube video from Catholic people that are out there. And like all that stuff is is good and great. Some of it is not because I think some of it is is not uh, like it doesn't lead me to develop my interior life, you know, more deeply. Does that make sense, you know? Yeah. And so like what are we actually doing to people? Yeah. We're spreading, you know, this Catholic culture where people have all the, all the outward faces of, you know, all the outward <laughs> facades of being Catholic, but like, what's their interior life like? I, I don't know. Like, it's not, I don't know. It's not very much, you know? And I think, yeah, you know, in a certain sense, like, I think for some people it, it's, they're dead inside. And, and, and that's why I think the interior life is so, so important because like uh, like like that is what we're trying to pass on right um exactly and unless we're we're doing that and unless we're living it unless we're committed to it why in the world would someone like adopt that if if the person who's telling me to adopt this is not living it themselves that that's i, I feel like that's actually a reason against it
0: you yeah know?
1: I th- yeah i think that's mostly of what i want to say that's sick And I think that's what, as as I've been reflecting on kind of that Zoom with my uncles, (laughs) (laughs) like it's been made really clear to me that that is the most important thing. Nothing else really is. Um, Yeah. The interior life is the source of evangelization. Yeah. And in the book, he goes through all all these other sorts of things. As I'm reading through it, I'm sure I'll pull out more passages <laughs> because it is straight fire. Yeah, they are for real. <laughs> so don't don't be believing in that heresy of of good works. Yeah, that you need to have all these good works to be a good evangelist. You know, or I think I think maybe the heresy is better. Evangelism starts with skills and personality traits and <laughs> and uh, and external events. You know it starts interiorly, yeah, do you have anything to add? What are your thoughts? Adam um
0: I'm just thinking about uh the the phrase like taste and see um comes yeah. to mind of just like we need to actually experience Jesus to be effective evangelists uh and I was just thinking about kind of the question I asked you of like what would you say to somebody who's caught up in like the works? I would just say like taste and see like go. If you really want Jesus, if you want to be effective evangelist, like go sit in front of him in the tabernacle, go to adoration, read scripture every day, um, and encounter Jesus, like get after him, like <laughs> go for it. Um, cause like when you have that encounter, like it, it changes your interior life, which changes your active life. Um, mm-hmm. so yeah, you just, you gotta be hungry for him. You gotta, you gotta go for it. And I was also thinking about, I was talking to a friend this morning um, who's very introverted. And I'm more of an introverted person as well. It's my psychology mind going to personality traits when we're talking about this, you know. And uh, I see her as an extremely effective evangelist because she's very rooted in prayer, prays every day, yeah, really gets after it. And because of that, Jesus has been building his kingdom within her heart. And because of that, like, people who encounter her, that's how they'll encounter Jesus through her is because she first allowed Jesus, yeah, to build his kingdom in her heart. So yeah. that's just what I was thinking. Like, you don't need to be a very extroverted person to be an effective evangelist. You don't need the people's skills. You just need to have an encounter with him and stay in touch with him,
1: you know? Yeah. What do you think about that? Uh, that's, that's really true. Yeah, and honestly, to, like, a real fruitful interior life I don't even know if like just praying every day is enough I, I don't know yeah like, I almost think that like that's like a good bar to start <laughs> but like yeah like the demands of Jesus are not just meeting goal but it's that pushing it's pushing the goal even further every day you know that like yeah okay well, once you have developed the habit of praying every day then you need to go deeper in that time you know and you need to have more ha- have even deeper conversations with the lord and yeah be even more open and sincere in your prayer yeah and just like throw yourself at his feet and then the other p- part of that is is that like some of those things are really difficult to like navigate when you're not f- experiencing like consolations because uh, yeah consolations should be like a normal part of your prayer you know well jesus loves you and so <laughs> like <laughs> Um Of course he's gonna like give those things to you because they're yeah. good for you. and so that's where like a good spiritual director you know comes in, you know, or just the community of believers exactly, you know, yeah talking to other people who are who are striving for that and sometimes just like saying that out loud to someone, prayer is difficult right now can actually be like the first step to real yeah, yeah. The real acceleration you know in in the interior life. And I think just
0: talking about like our prayer with mm-hmm. other people integrates it more into our lives. yeah because it it combines everything it, I have like an image in my head of like you got a bunch of frosting on a cake and it just like spreads it out kind of you know uh-huh <laughs> just like talking about it just brings it all together. Mm-hmm. yeah,
1: that's, that's that, honestly, that's probably the first step you know how are you gonna talk about your prayer life to other people who are not yeah. following the Lord? if you can't even talk about your prayer life with people who are following the Lord. (laughs) So yeah, I think it's so, Yeah, I think that's so necessary too. There's probably a few practicals right there for the people out in listener land. (laughs) So (laughs) yeah, spend some time in prayer and then talk about it with someone. That's probably a good, a good challenge for real. Yeah. Do you have anything else, Adam?
0: Not burning off the top of my head. (laughs) What about, what about you?
1: No, I don't think so either. What do you, What else do you have for the people then?
0: I have a lot to say to the people.
1: I'm a man <laughs> for the people. I love the people. I would hope so. <laughs> yeah.
0: Power to the people. That's all I have to Power say. Power to the people. That's what right. About you? You, got, you got anything?
1: <laughs> I don't know. I'd probably say, just do it. You know, just pray. Yeah. <laughs> he, he's waiting for you every day. Hey, it rhymes. Every second. I'm a poet. Wow. I didn't even know I was. Keep- can you do some wrapping <laughs> uh maybe not this episode <laughs> okay. <laughs> okay another time write some bars another time yeah <laughs> but well everyone out there thanks for listening and have a good week we'll see you guys next time